Welcome, True Believer Readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a guy who gives a hoot and would never pollute, my owl-loving friend, Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? Don't give Ock the dough. Sue must go. Don't... Oh, sorry, James B. I'm, I'm just protesting. There's a lot of protesting today, so I guess I'm, I'm in a feisty mood, we could say. Would you protest against pollution? Absolutely. Why not? There's, there's lots of protests, certainly in the world of Spider-Man. How about noise pollution? <laughs> it depends how you define the noise pollution, James B. Well, how about all the stuff that you talk about before we start recording? Would you consider that noise pollution? <laughs> Some might consider that. I, I would consider that playful banter. Mm. So <laughs> I would consider that not the stuff I want to talk about. I want to talk about The Amazing Spider-Man 88 and 89. You've been doing the summaries for a while now, and uh, it's been a long time since you were in the, quote, hot seat, as you like to say. But honestly, right. I, I didn't want to do the summaries myself. So uh, I brought in a friend of the podcast to take over that duty. Yes, James B. This episode, we have a guest back for her third appearance. It's our friend, whose name James B. can't pronounce, Sarah Pezzel. So glad you aren't protesting our podcast. How's it going, Sarah? It is going fantastic. I'm so excited to be here again to talk about Spider-Man with you two. And uh, I'm also excited because I actually own issue 88, so I have that out with, with me. Uh, the arms of Dr. Octopus. I'm sure it helped you write our, this wonderful summary. Sarah, why don't you take us into uh, issue 88? The arms of Dr. Octopus. We begin at the Museum of Natural Science, where Doc Ock's arms are on exhibit. During a lecture, we are informed that the arms still hold a threat. In a lonely Midwest prison, Doc Ock senses his arms and focuses his mental control on them. With impeccable timing, Doc Ock succeeds and is able to control his arms in the middle of the lecture. Eddie, is this a new superpower? I declare this to be a new superpower for Doc Ock. He, he is in a prison in the Midwest and his arms are on display in New York City. This is a vast distance. I'm very familiar with driving from the Midwest to the New York City area and back again. And Doc Ock is able to expand his mind to a point where he can control his arms from a you know, way further distance than he ever could before. They start off by saying, as everyone knows, Doc Ock <laughs> definitely has this power that you all know about. We're going to keep mentioning this power that he definitely has. So I, I think that this was added in late as well. Sarah, please continue with your summary. At last, his spider sense goes off and Spidey finds Doc Ock's tentacles. Spidey tries to subdue the arms, but his webbing proves ineffective. He notices the arms are sluggish and he's able to outmaneuver them quickly. However, they are not defeated that easily as the arms start smashing a building close by. And of course, Spidey saves the day. But the arms are long gone. Spidey searches the city to find them, but in a city so big, what chance does he have of finding them? Uh, can we list the things Spider-Man has found in the city before? Captain Stacy told Spider-Man to try to find um, Shocker's ex-girlfriend because she had the tablet, supposedly. And he narrows it down to a neighborhood for Spidey. And then Spidey's Spider-Sense somehow shows him where the apartment is that she's in. So it has happened before. I think that is the most outrageous kind of use of Spidey's Spider-Sense to locate something within the city. Uh, of course, without a spider tracker, because he does use a spider tracker sometimes. And that's immediately the one that I thought of also, Sarah, the Man Mountain Marco, because that is the one you were last on, too. Why don't you uh, continue the uh, summary? 
All right, Peter then heads home to study. The next day, we see Peter at school where he sees the lovely Gwen Stacy and meets with Professor Warren about his slipping grades. We skip to Doc Ock reuniting with his arms and breaking out of prison. The distance can no longer keep Dr. Octavius from becoming Dr. Octopus at will, Doc Ock says. He takes over an airplane that is taking J. Jonah Jameson, his son, and a general to the United Nation, and he holds it for $10 million ransom. Eddie, uh, General Sue was on this plane, which makes it, you know, a big deal. Who do you think General Sue is supposed to be? Well, at first I thought this was like a South Vietnamese general, since Vietnam is such a huge thing here in 1970. But uh, I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, this is also during Richard Nixon's presidency, and he was reaching out to China a lot. I think it's a Chinese general. In fact, I mean, I found a Chinese general named Su Yu, so... Maybe that guy? Yeah, I think you're probably right because the protesters are not in favor of him. They're calling him a warmonger. So it has to be somebody from not on the same side of the Vietnam War as the United States. So right. I was thinking the same thing. Sure. This is just full of laughs, this podcast. Yuck, yuck, yuck. <laughs> Sue you, guys. <laughs> it's the general, Chinese general. So at the Daily Bugle, Peter finds out that Doc Ock has taken the airplane for ransom and rushes with Joe Robbie to the airport. At the airport, protesters make the situation worse as Peter ditches his civvies to face Doc Ock. Doc Ock tries to escape by flying the plane with his tentacles, but blows up the plane in the process. The book ends with a very important question. Is Doc Ock still alive? Uh, Sarah, what do you think about Spidey's tactics when sneaking up on Doc Ock in the airplane? I'm so glad you asked me because, okay, so he webs like the top of the back of the plane, kind of like a tightrope situation and sneaks over there. Okay, fine. Maybe Doc Ock couldn't see out of the airplane windows, perhaps. Um, But then Spider-Man crawls on top of the plane and he rips open the top of the plane and then like sticks his head through and Doc Ock just hears none of this. And I find that really hard to believe that pulling apart like metal and all sorts of other things that Doc Ock would not hear a thing. And then Spider-Man webs his eyes and he's holding, I believe, a stewardess in his arms, Doc Ock is. And so then the arms start going wild because Doc Ock can't see because of the webbing. So he drops the stewardess and I I just, I don't know if, I don't think that Spider-Man would just so carelessly or recklessly go into a situation like that. He knows that there's people on that plane. He knows that people are being held hostage. I just don't think it's reasonable. Uh, James B., what did you think of the arms of Dr. Octopus? Well, I'm very jealous that you own this particular issue because I really, really liked this issue. I was surprised. I don't usually care about a villain who I've seen before showing up again. And in the end, I really liked how they gave us, okay, they gave us an explanation of a power which sort of existed, but I liked that they clarified it. So if you were a new reader, you could start with it. Or if you were an existing reader, you felt like, okay, you just kind of, now I understand what's going to happen here. And then there was a nice uh, page and a half of Peter and Gwen, which sometimes they just get lost or or, or squeezed into a spot. Yeah, okay, Spider-Man, did have his moment where he sort of let the arms go, but it's believable that he could say once in a while the police could take care of it. It wasn't like the arms were killing people or anything. There was some John and uh, J. Jonah Jameson. It's always good when the father and son are together because 
It's a different side of J. Jonah Jameson. Then you had the plane. Uh, the takeover of the plane was was good. Having some protesters, okay. Um, back in the Petrified Tablet saga, I didn't really love that whole thing, but it was just appropriate at the time. It wasn't too much. We got a little Joe Robbie, who I can always take. Captain Stacy, who seems to be very involved for a retired police chief. The fight was reasonably sized. Yes, I have some problems with what happened. That girl who could barely breathe, uh, get released instead of squeezed to death when Spider-Man <laughs> jumped in. But it was a believable ending with the explosion. If I was the guys from the Multiverse of Badness podcast and I was going to award this uh, Doc Ark arms, I'd give this uh, a full eight out of eight arms. I thought this was just a really, really good book. Um, I just wanted to say it, it feels a little bit more like a throwback when we had the Electro issue not too long ago. It's a very dense, very heavily story-driven book, and it has all the greatest things that come in Spider-Man comics. So I really enjoyed it, too. Maybe that's what this era is now, the era of, of throwback. Sarah, you own the issue. Are you happy you own this one? I actually really do like this issue. Um, I like that there's some Peter Parker action. There's some Spider-Man action. Doc Ock is actually one of my favorite villains. That's another reason I like the book. Um, I had little minor problems with, like the like I said, the way that Spider-Man like approached the plane and everything. But overall, it was, it was very exciting to read. And um, I liked that we had... I, I don't know how often um, people are held for ransom in Spider-Man comic books. Like, I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. So I really did like that kind of change of uh, adding dramatic effect to the situation, you know, that Spider-Man was trying to solve or trying to, trying to save the day. Um, so I really liked that. I also liked how Doc Ock was trying to drive the plane with his tentacles as if that was going to turn out good. Um, I also like the, the ending. It's like, do we, do, did Ock, Doc Ock survive or not? Like, we don't really know. Can we jump right to 89? If there's anything else to talk about 88, we can squeeze it in later. Is that okay? Because I want to get, I want to know what happens. I need to know if this guy's alive or not. Yes, here we go. Issue 89, Doc Ock lives. Is Doc Ock dead? I want to interrupt you right here, Eddie. The name of the title is Doc Ock lives and it's on the cover. Yes. I'm just going to say, I don't think he's dead. <laughs> I think you're correct, James B. Also, we know he isn't because we see Peter reading a newspaper which says nobody was found in the wreckage. Doc Ock intends to draw Spider-Man into combat to defeat him once and for all. Meanwhile, Peter is approached to protest air pollution and looks weak when he says he can't. I guess we should talk about air pollution? Anyone? Okay, so when I was reading this, I thought of... I couldn't help but think of the Spider-Man video game because there are some missions in that game that have to do with like Harry Osborn and Oscorp. And um, I don't know if either of you played it, but there's this one mission with a research station where he goes around collecting samples of pollution in the air from and he finds out it's from different vehicles. So I just couldn't help but think of that when, um, when Peter was being uh, asked about the protest. Hmm. I'm pretty sure... Uh... I bought that game for my daughter for Christmas, but I've never played it. It's a good game. I could say it's in my house and just sort of like make it seem like I play it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just being a little meek right now. Well, somebody else who feels meek at the moment is Peter because he isn't going to go to the protest with air pollution. Instead, he decides to swing around the city until he finds Doc Ock. They battle. Spidey is crushed by a water tower and Doc Ock chucks him off a building to his death. Ed, 
that's all I got for this summary, everybody. Eddie, was this one of the best fights we've seen? I mean, it was an extremely long and extended fight. Uh, anybody want to guess how many panels I counted that was part of the fight in this book? 41. 18? 53 panels. I mean, there's an incredible amount of fighting that takes place in this book. And when I was thinking about the summary and writing the summary, I'm like, well, it's just, it's just a giant, giant fight. What did you think of the fight, Sarah? I had an issue with the end where Spider-Man was being held and then thrown off the top of the building like Doc Ock thinks he's not going to save himself with his webbing. Um, I also thought it was interesting how Doc Ock avoids many of Spider-Man's attacks through dodging and uh, countering Spider-Man's powers in other ways like ma matching his speed and his intellect. So I, I think the intellect is totally reasonable. You know, they're both smart people. Um, but matching his speed? Is this a new power that Doc Ock has all of a sudden? Um, and dodging his, dodging Spider-Man's attacks, it just seems unreasonable to me because Doc Ock is just a normal guy with, with these tentacles, right? He doesn't have any superpowers like Spider-Man does. So that kind of threw me off during the fight. Um, and then there's one part Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Did you just say Doc Ock has no superpowers? He's just a regular guy. Did, did I hear that from you? Yeah, he's just a regular guy. He's got the tentacles. He has the ability to, according to Eddie, many, many miles away, <laughs> control his arms. That 700-ish. Thank you, Eddie. 700-ish miles away, control arms, make them battle and defend themselves... He can fight Spider-Man 700 miles away, and he's just a regular guy. And you think when the arms are attached to him that he's not going to be able to pick up a little bit of speed? He has so much. He has eight arms, not four. He moves twice as fast as Spider-Man. He's not a regular guy, and he has superpowers. Come on, Sarah. I don't know if having eight arms like allows him to dodge. Like, blocking it with his arm? Totally get that. But dodging like with his body he d he doesn't have the reaction time or at least i don't think he should to be able to dodge like he dodges spider-man's webbing at one point and i, I just thought that was interesting I, I actually thought that dodge of the webbing that shot at his face as more of like an anticipation like that's happened to doc ock so many times i was just really happy like you've learned something doc ock you learned that spider-man's probably going to shoot webbing at your face every chance he gets so I, he, he may not have been faster, but he he could have been. He was definitely anticipating that. You know, that's how I felt about it. If Spider, if Doc Ock is suddenly super fast, yeah, okay. So I, I see that I see that there may be some some debate there, Sarah. And Perhaps it, you're right. I I also really liked how um, towards the end of the fight, Spider Man decided like, oh, instead of trying to avoid Doc Ock's arms, he gets closer to Doc Ock. Um, I, I thought that that was a really smart move on Spider-Man's part. He says, instead of trying to avoid his arms, I'll close in on them. Um, but it's like a thought bubble. It's not him actually speaking. Doc Ock's face is often a punching bag to end the fight. Correct, Eddie? Yes. That's usually how he gets knocked out. Because he's a regular guy, it. right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Yep, with no superpowers <laughs> right. except being able to control his arm from 700 miles away. Speaking of no superpowers, this podcast doesn't just power itself it needs some sort of sponsorship so uh today's sponsor is uh, another great product from horizon labs uh, eddie do you ever feel 
too tired to do chores? Uh, quite often, actually. Well, Eddie, inspired by Doc Ock, the new Armulator 88 and the Arm 88 app will allow other people to control your arms. You simply inject these small electrodes, which can be removed, Eddie. Okay, I know you're always worried about stuff. Uh, under this, under oh, your skin, you. in each arm, uh, and you pair it with an app on your on your phone, your friend's phone, or whatever. And voila, they can control your arms for you. So there's no more getting up early to make coffee. You can have your friend or loved one just do that for you. Uh, if you're not a great typer, but your friend is, boom, they could do the typing for you. The Armulator 88 and the Arm 88 app uh, is available as a download. Um, and you can find out great stuff on their Instagram page and wherever you find your uh, social media. They're just advertising everywhere. I'm sure you'll see them. And they are a proud sponsor of Let's Read Spider-Man. So, um, Eddie, are you considering uh, picking that up? I, I've been seeing the ads everywhere for it myself. So, just to be clear, is this controlling my actual arms or am I getting a new set of arms to control? Oh, no, it's, it's it's your arms, obviously. You just plug it, put these in there, and then, like, you could have, like, your daughter, like, have the app on her phone, and boom, she can control If my daughter right. had the app on my phone, I would be slapping myself several times. And, like, well, she would have a very good time controlling my arms for a while, for sure. Well, sounds <laughs> um, like it's a sale. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's a one-time price up front, and I don't think there's a monthly fee. I have to look into that. I don't know a lot about this. I just, I just know that some, sounds like something your daughter and you can uh, can really enjoy. So that's great. You know, I think I saw in an ad in the book itself that there was a subscription fee to an to the app, the like a pro upgrade. Oh, okay. So because I know you can pair it. Yeah, because there there's a there's a leg. Legs. Yes, there's a leg part too. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's called Leg 89 or something like that. You're right, and that's the pro model. Good, jo- good job picking up on that. That's why we have you on the show, Sarah, to help people out with these things. Yeah. The Armulate 88 and the uh, Legatron 89 or something like that. I didn't even realize at first this was related. <laughs> Legatron. But, but these are, uh, this is a, <laughs> it's a good thing that other people can, uh, you, know, you can help people control their, their limbs because, you know, help. it's your limbs being controlled. This exercise, Eddie, Oh, I, um, it's a bonus sponsor. I have a lot the, of exercise. Yeah, you can. Eddie, if you need more exercise, and someone has the uh, Legatron eighty nine, then boom, you could start walking around and everything. Sarah, thank you so much for for helping us. Everyone, Horizon Labs, pay attention to uh, you know to Sarah Pezzel over here. I got you. So, all right. Is there anything else uh, we need to talk about in uh, eighty eight or eighty nine, particularly? There's there's a big difference between these two books in that one is super heavily story and the other one is just one massive fight. Um, what, which one did you guys like better? I'm curious. I liked issue 88 better um, because of the variety of scenes that we got. We got a little bit of fight. We got a little bit of Peter Parker life. Um, and in the... Uh, next issue in 89 all it was was fighting and everyone i've talked to really likes the peter parker part of spider-man and the fighting is just sort of a like something we you know we tolerate so uh now of course i'm joking we we do need fighting but we need a as i believe i said in the last uh I was talking about 88 we need an appropriate amount of fighting and 
I don't need uh, 18 pages or 53 panels of fighting. You know, I mean, that's just it's just too much. What do you think? Am I are you on the other side of the study? I, I, you know, I also really liked 88 too, but as I like read the second issue, I thought, I mean, this, these books were not written for someone my age, you know, and who's like a diehard Spider-Man fan. I mean, I'm very interested to see how Spider-Man develops. Uh, I, I have to think of the average kind of reader in 1970 who was reading this book. And I, I think it could be said that if I, you know, hit a time machine and went back, you know, couple of decades i might actually side with 89 as like a young man um anybody else feel similar you you're swaying when you were i'm 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 almost convinced that as a young james b i think i perhaps would have preferred 89 it's hard to think that way now but i think that's excellent insight that's my first good compliment for you today (laughs) thank you james b sarah um, I think that I would still prefer 88 because part of the reason that I really love Spider-Man is because he's so relatable and, um, obviously the fighting, the super fight, you know, the superhero fights and, um, against the villains, you know, isn't as relatable to me as a person, but, you know, having drama in my life, just like Peter Parker does, that really draws me in. Hmm. Sorry, you said Doc Ock was one of your favorite villains. Is there any other previous villains you've come across that you enjoy as more than Doc Ock or only future villains? Well, it's actually funny that you ask because I have a whole tattoo that's dedicated to Spider-Man and it has Spider-Man oh. but then also my top 7 villains. Okay, hold on, hold oh. on. If you have a if you wow. have a tattoo <laughs> of your top 7 villains, go ahead. Okay. I have Doc Ock, I have Electro, I have the Lizard, I have Venom, Carnage, Green Goblin and Mysterio. Oh, as long as Mysterio's there, that makes the show. (laughs) You're all set. (laughs) Of course, I have Spider-Man too, but obviously he's not a villain. So Mm, it's debatable. Depends on whose perspective you're talking about. True. Um, Can anyone? I got one last one. Can anyone define this word? Chubbins. Chubbins. Yeah, because he's not in a sentence. Yeah, he's not as fat as (laughs) he's not as fat as the Kingpin. That's right. But he's like chubby. is that what he's he's referring yeah. to being chubby? Yeah, Doc Ock is always a fat character. I mean, think of Alfred Molina in the first movie, not when he came I back healthy. So. Yeah, and you look at him; he's 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 a little bit of a fatty. It's Chubbins. That's exactly what it means. I thought you'd like fall for that, Chubbins. Say that again, well, Sarah. Spidey says it to it's Doc like a, Ock. So, like a term of endearment. No, it's Spider-Man's mean. Chubbins. He's called. <laughs> he's calling him fat. Like he, he's been mean lately. He's been mean to everybody. He's. He's just a mean oh, guy. He hasn't been insulting nearly as much. That's like his only one he really gets in in this huge fight sequence. There's not a ton. I know, Sarah, you've already told people all about yourself. And they're all following you now on Twitter and subscribing to all your Instagram pages and all your amazing things you do. But just in case, how can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at, at Sarah Pezzel, um, P-E-Z-E-L. Or um, I'm more so on my spider panel Twitter where I post a panel a day or most days um, from different eras of Spider-Man's comics. And that is at spider panel. And I will tell you, Eddie, I always give a like to all the like pre-1989 things that Sarah does. And then the other stuff, I sort of just pretend I don't see it. So, (laughs) Eddie, how can people find us? 
You can email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. Sarah, this is your third time around. We're ready for a great send-off. Give it to us. And remember, listeners, you too can get magical superpowers just like Doc Ock. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Seriously, just keep talking. Okay, okay, okay. Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man. And here is a man who... Uh, almost. You said I got to talk. It's true. I couldn't do my own acronym with the sound on. To talk okay right. i'm done we can't, we can't no it's fine it. it's I'm fine done. i was thinking too if i could get through it you wouldn't even know what i said and you couldn't respond you'd be like what do you say <laughs> it's true <laughs> i'm like i laughed at my own joke all right